Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, it's on, so you can hear it. Better. <coughs> I do have a cough. It's not COVID-related. It's just a cold. I, I already had COVID recently, so uh, it's not COVID. But you'll hear me clear my throat a lot. It's because I've got the allergy cold tickle. Um, okay, so last week, I don't even know if I can tell you what we did last week. None of you were here. No one can help me. It was just Angel and Jeannie and I, and we honestly, and Alex, like we just sat here in a little circle, and we just talked about what does the text mean to us. Um, so if you watch the online video, you'll get an actual teaching out of it. Um, in person, <coughs> Angel and Jeannie have done a bit of Bible study, and so I didn't go into explaining what application was. Um, we talked a little bit about how different types of texts in the Bible we would apply differently to our lives. That might have been the only thing we talked about in person that's not on the video. Um, that one is a little bit of common sense. Like, <clears throat> if God tells you not to do something, you apply that to your life differently than when you read a psalm for encouragement. Um, you would apply encouragement to your life differently than you would apply a proverb that gives you wisdom about how to live life. So that was something we talked about. Um, and we talked a lot about promises in the Bible and how um, we have to uh, take a promise in the Bible through a series of questions in order to discern if that promise really belongs to us today as a modern reader. Um, some of the promises in the Bible were conditional promises based on the Old Covenant, and the promises, I should say blessings or curses, found in Deuteronomy. So an example that I used last week was, um, well, that she actually had shared with me. There was an old preacher guy who used to claim the promise uh, I think it's in I think it's in Deuteronomy about rain will fall on the righteous, and so when he'd water his garden, he would be like, "Yes, I claim this blessing. My fruit will be better than all unbelievers. Like, I will have the best garden because I belong to the Lord." And in the old covenant, that is how it was. Um, like God said that He would bless those that followed Him with rain with um, abundance of crops, and those that disobeyed him, they would have a famine. And that's why, you know, that when the plagues came, they were curses against the, the unbelievers. Um, but in the new covenant, that is abolished. Like, that doesn't exist anymore. Now in the, in the new covenant, in the New Testament, we see that the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. And so to claim that promise is to claim a promise that doesn't exist. Um, it was fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Um, so that was some of the stuff we talked about last week that you won't find in the video. But any other questions about anything in the process from observation to interpretation to application, any of it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just not a promise anymore. Okay. It's not a blessing. Okay. It just is. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess we could, could we could still, in the roundabout general way, consider rain a blessing. Like, thank you, Lord. It waters our our land. Right. But, but it's not a direct blessing. 
No, no, it wasn't like, I promise to take care of you, and therefore I will give you rain. It wasn't like that. Um, and so we just have to run the promise through a series of questions, and I'm looking for them right now. Okay, so the first question we ask is, is it Old Covenant or New Covenant? Uh, because some of, the, some of the, the blessings of the Old Covenant have um, already been fulfilled because of Christ Jesus, a lot of the promises were only promised to the people if they obeyed the law. So they were conditional. Um, <clears throat> we also have to ask the question, is it a promise or is it a principle? Because a promise, um, no, let me, say, let me say differently, a principle is based on who God is. So God is good, and therefore he will take care of us. That will never change because God is good. He is a good father. He is a provider. That is a principle that does not change. Um, <clears throat> a promise is based on what God said he would do or would not do. Um, and so the conditions and the recipients of promises have changed greatly from Old to New Covenant. Um, think of one where he says, like, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's a promise based on a principle that he is a good and faithful God. So we have a principle and a promise there, but that would be a New Testament promise that is still in effect. <clears throat> we also ask the question, to whom is the promise given? Uh, a lot of the prophetic books are directly written to either Israel or Judah, um, which we'll actually talk a little bit about since we're getting into Jonah, and it's a prophetic book written to a specific people group for a reason. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> but we have to acknowledge the original audience. To whom is the promise given? Mm -hmm. um, if, if we ignore who the original audience is, we may take it out of context. Um, and so it's important for us to see who it's to. Is it to believers? Is it to unbelievers? Is it to God's faithful? Is it to um, an unfaithful people group that are God's people? And, and he's promising, if you return to me, I will give you rest. You're seeking for rest in all the wrong places, so if you return to me, I'll give you rest. So that's like an example of, you know, to whom it's given. <gasps> Penny Bailey, God bless. Oh, good. Come on in, sugar. Sugar, sugar. <laughs> I'm very glad you're here. I have tables up if you want to write on them or anything. I said if you want to share a table with someone, you're welcome to. Okay. We didn't take any notes. We have a video on fa on Facebook if you want to watch it, but uh, did I, I don't think I gave notes. I can check. Yeah. I didn't really do a teaching here in person. Yeah. Hi, Miss Marla. Hi, Miss Shirley. I'm glad y'all are here. Come on in. I knew we should have brought up real tables, Alex. <laughs> She'll scoot her table further down. Hello. Oh, let me give you guys. There you go. Thank you. There you go. You bet. Okay. Where did Miss Penny go? There she is. 
There you go. Are there more coming, did you say? No, I think that was just Okay, all right, good deal. So you haven't missed anything yet. We're just asking questions from last week, and if there were any questions from the process at all. Um, but yeah, any, did I answer your questions? Did I, did I finish answering your questions? Oh, on the promises. Um, you can also ask the question, is it conditional or unconditional? And has it, is, it, is the promise qualified by other parts of scripture? So we're talking about how to apply biblical promises. And um, I was just reviewing what we talked about last week. Um, we talked about application and how we apply different genres or different categories of the Bible to our lives differently. Um, for example, you would apply a command of God where he says, do not do this to your life very differently than a promise of God. Right? If God promises to do something, you would have hope for that, and you would apply the promise to your life through prayer and through hope and maybe fasting and joy. But if God says, don't do that, you apply it to your life through repentance. You apply it to your life through a changed behavior, etc. So there's just different ways that we apply the word of God to us based on what it is. Any other questions? Okay. Well, we're just going to review the inductive Bible study. Um, so, does anyone remember what the first step of the inductive Bible study is? No? Good, good try, though. Good try. Any other guess? What's the first thing we do in inductive study? We pray! <laughs> gotcha. And so we're going to pray. We pray all the time. That's right. We pray without ceasing. Amen. <laughs> well, let's pray to get us started. Jesus, we want to thank you very much for your word. God, we thank you that your word is living and breathing, that it is sharper than a double-edged sword. God, thank you for your word. And we ask you, Spirit of the living God, come and breathe over the word of God. Lord, we don't want to come to your word without your spirit. We want all of you. And we know that when the word put on flesh and dwelt among us, he had the spirit of the living God living in him. I thank you that you are the full package, Jesus, that you are the word lived out. And so I pray that you would reveal your word to us tonight, that you would speak to us through your word, that your word would become living, that it would jump off the page, and that it would make sense to us. God, would you help us to understand? Would you help lower anything in our mind that would block us or hinder us from hearing you? Holy Spirit, we give you permission to open our ears, open our eyes, and soften our heart. Holy Spirit, come. Come and breathe over us. Come and speak to us tonight. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Holy Spirit. You are good. You are faithful. You are our friend forever. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, ooh, I feel like I got a little louder. Okay, so the first step is prayer. The second step, see, I kind of I kind of threw you by putting prayer as the first step, I know. So, the, then the real first step is observation. I guess I don't have the answers up there. Good. 
Okay. <laughs> I was checking, like, oh, did I? Um, so the first step is observation. And in observation, our, our, our beginning goal is to find out what the text is saying. We want to look at it in uh, a non-conclusive way. We don't want to draw conclusions just yet. In the step of observation, we're just asking, um, what is it? What is there to be seen? What is there to be read? Um, and when we went over observation, we talked about the four main questions we ask when we come to the text. Um, and these questions are tools that we use to have a deeper understanding. And we ask who, what, where, and when. We ask who is in the text, who are the main characters, <clears throat> who are the other characters, um, what pronouns, like who, who is this he they're referring to, who is she. Uh, so we're asking who. Um, we're also asking what. We're asking what is the main idea, what's going on. We're asking where. Where did it happen? You know, when we read this story, where did he go? And um, where did he come to? And <clears throat> where did he stop? And it's where. And then we ask when. We ask when did it happen? And, and what came next? And what came before? And we're, we're looking for the time sequence and the order of events. Um, so those are our four basic tools that we always use in the observation step of the inductive Bible study. Um, and these are like little tools. If you picture a tool belt and you pull out a hammer and the hammer says who, I might need to make a tool belt actually, just a crafty little kid one for us. But you pull out the hammer and it says who. And so when you come to the text and it's got a nail sticking out and you go, oh, I know how to put that and I get my hammer out. You know, and so you say you come to the text and you go, okay, I want to use the tool of observation to learn more about what I'm reading. So who is this about? I wonder, who is this guy? Who is he? Like, what kind of person is he? What kind of relationship does he have with God? Who is he? I got to know. And so we use these things as tools for deeper understanding. Okay. In the second step, do you guys remember the second step of the inductive method? Any guesses? We do that in observation. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what comes after observation? Were you here for that class? Interpretation. Yeah, you were there for that class. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so in observation, our process when we observe is we do read the text out loud, which I guess here are the answers for that. We read it out loud, we survey it, and then we mark the text. So th those are our steps for observation, which is what we're going to do tonight. Um, but it's all loped into observation step. Our second step, interpretation, our goal in that is to ask what does it mean to the original author? So the original author or the original reader. So when we studied through Philemon, when we ask what does this mean to the original author, we'd be referring to Paul. When we ask the question, what does it mean to the original reader, that would mean Philemon, because Paul wrote the letter to Philemon. Philemon was the person who was first reading that letter. So what would it mean for this man to receive this letter, to read it out loud for the very first time? What would his experience be? That's what we do in interpretation. Um, we are beginning to ask the question, why, in this step. Um, and the focus is 
on the original people. It's not yet on us. Um, in application, we come to ask the question, what does this mean to us? But in, uh, in interpretation, we're asking, what did it mean to them? So we can understand it in context, in the proper culture, in the proper time period, in the right historical venue. Um, then from that place, we can take it into our own personal life with context, knowing this is how God intended it to be understood. And this is the timeless truth that can be found in this text for me today, even if my situation is different. So those are our three steps. Um, observation, what does the text say? Interpretation, what would this mean to the original author or the original reader? And application, what does it mean for us today? And so today we are going to start with Jonah. Since we have successfully completed Philemon together and we had such a ball with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I have printed out Jonah for you. Um, I find it's easier if we go along together in it and uh, it has extra space for you to circle and underline and make notes in the margins. I have colored pencils and markers and crayons around. If you need more, I have them. Um, so hopefully we can share and be really friendly together tonight. <laughs> but, yeah. <clears throat> That's okay. We, we don't have to worry about bringing our own to this class. Yeah, I bring them for us. So I'll set these here too. Um, so, here on my handy-dandy whiteboard, just call me Vanna White, um, this is a, our tentative plan and goal for tonight, is to first read through Jonah out loud together. And the reason we read out loud together is often when we uh, read our Bible silently to ourselves, we'll skip words, or we'll think, oh, it doesn't really matter, I... Well, I don't want to read the intro. I don't really care where it happened or who it's to. Like, just give me the good stuff. Like, where's the prayer? Where's the promise? Where's the encouragement? Give me something good. And we skip through it, and then we get to the outro, and we're like, this is so boring. I'm just, I'm, okay, close it. I'm done. You know, we might, we might do that at times, or if we're running short on time, or if we can't pronounce words, we'll just skip right over them, right? It's easy to do. So we read it out loud, and it forces us to say every single word. Um, and then after we read it out loud together, we're going to survey the text. And to survey it just very simply means to stand back and have a big picture understanding of it. So we'll discuss at that point. After we read it, we'll discuss and say, okay, what's going on here? What seems to be the main idea? Can we recognize any main characters from this passage yet? Can we observe any problems or any solutions? Okay. Um, and then after we finish that little discussion, we're going to do some observation and marking of the text which is what your handy-dandy markers and colored pencils are for. Hoorah! And this is fun because it's going to be customizable. We'll talk about some core things to observe, um, but if you remember some of the handouts I've given you in the past weeks with connectors, comparison, contrast, all kinds of fun things can be observed in the text. So that's where you get to go wild. And we'll do four basic ones together, but if you want to do 16 different observational tools, you're welcome to. Um, and then if we have time, we'll talk about how to do basic information and find proper resources for them. Because I know that's something that excites you, Miss Penny. And 
I just can't wait to show you that stuff. But all of you, but if you're especially geeky and nerdy about the Bible like us, then this will be a, an enjoyable, <laughs> I love it. I aspire to it. Um, we may have time for that, but if we don't, we'll do it next week. Okay, so we have our Jonah text in front of us. Um, and if you guys would be willing, we'll just go paragraph by paragraph. If everyone doesn't mind reading a paragraph, then we'll just go around the room. Would that be okay? Would you start us off, Miss Amanda? Mm -hmm. To Jehovah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did. It was a huge moment. Was, I mean, I would probably, if I were in a believer and I was in the middle of, of a crazy storm and I cast a lot and found out exactly whose fault it was and turned out that it was his God that did all that, I would definitely be a believer in his God's power, you know? Wow. That's a great thing to observe, yes. I will clarify before we get too far. It took three days to get there. To get there. The way, the way it's written, it says that, but a little bit of the stuff that we can get into next week whenever we go through it. Let me see. So it says, <coughs> three days journey in breadth. Um, a visit was a three days journey. In Jonah's day, neither the circumference nor the diameter of the walled city of Nineveh was a three-day walk. The phrase may refer to the time it would take Jonah to walk throughout the city preaching his message. It could also refer to the much larger administrative area, including the city and outlying villages. So, it could be, it could be read in two different ways. Um, that it could take three days to get there, or to walk through it could take three days, or if you include all of the surrounding areas, it could... But Nineveh is actually quite large. Um, Nineveh is, I, I can't tell you. We have to wait. We're just observing. <laughs> it's so hard. We observe it's big. <laughs> we'll talk about why next week. <laughs> That's the hard part is when I like prepare to tell you all of the interpretation stuff. I'm just like, I want to tell them everything. I just want to get into it. But we have to go slow because observation is so fruitful. Okay, great observation. <laughs> mhm. Mm. Mm. I think we can think of times where it's taken us to get into the belly of a fish before we pray. That is a good observation of sequence of events. When did he pray? When he was in trouble. <laughs> Anything else? What else? What else? Remember, look, look, look until you see. Look again. Look again. Keep looking. The more we look, the more we find. I thought it was interesting. I didn't remember that his prayer was poetry. Um, and that will be something fun to interpret either next week or the week after because we handle poetry in an entirely different way than we handle prose, like paragraphs. Um, and I didn't remember that it was, so it's almost like it could be a song, um, like a, a prayer song. <coughs> it's true. I think it's interesting that he's asleep in the middle of the storm, and in a storm that's it's his own fault. <laughs> like, how do you have peace in the midst of your own storm? Um, 
another thing I, I observed I thought was interesting is that God had the final word. Like, just based on kind of what we're seeing from Jonah already, I wouldn't expect Jonah to let God have the last word. <laughs> and so the fact that God is the last speaker, um, I think is something interesting, and I wonder why. We're not, I'm not asking why yet. Don't worry, I'm not. <laughs> Curious. It's okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. That's okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll talk next week. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's funny, I, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a very good reason, there's a very good reason, no, I, I even wrote down earlier when I was first reading through it, a question, what kind of man runs from God? Yeah, or what kind of relationship does he have with God? And so, so that was just a question that made me think, I need to know more about him. Do we know anything in the Bible more about him? So, okay, as we've surveyed it, let's do some marking the text observation. Okay, I'm going to erase this. Do you guys really need it? Okay. Okay. So, I'm going to let y'all be some of the bosses this week. So our four basic observation tools are who, what, where, and when. And I will let you guys decide which one we start with. What do you want to start with? Who? All right. So to stay true to our organization from last, last week's book, we're going to do a green circle for who. Huh? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's totally okay. Okay, well, if you have a chart, that's okay. You know what? If you have a chart, follow your chart. Go ahead. Because charting, you'll see, is going to be what's important for you to remember. So if you've already got one, go for it. It's perfectly fine. Um, oh, we, that's what we did the first process. I'm going to borrow some of these. <clears throat> you can. Yeah. All right. I'm doing it with y'all, so. Okay. Remember, you can circle the Lord. You can circle names. You can circle pronouns. <laughs> Depends what culture you're in. <laughs> yeah, I didn't circle it. Um, I I did even question in verse 12 when he talks about the sea, because he talks about it with personification, that the sea will quiet down for you. Only people quiet down. Anyways, uh, which one would you like to do next? What? All right. Let's do what? Uh, uh, what did we do what last time? We did red last time. Sorry. <laughs> um, we did a red underline last time for what? 
If you have a different color, that is a-okay. Use what you got and make it work. Okay, so <clears throat> what is much harder? Thank you for that. <laughs> I was going to save the hard one for last. Okay, so in what, you are looking for what is the problem, uh, what is the solution, what is the main idea. So those are three things you can be on the lookout for. Okay. <clears throat> That was it. Main idea. Problem, solution, main idea. All right, what did you guys do? Got any questions? Sorry. No. No, you just want a couple. Um, I know, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so with what, it's super big picture really zoomed out, nothing specific. So the first thing I underlined was verse 2, the command of the Lord, the purpose of his journey, and what leads to his fleeing the Lord is God saying, go, call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. I also underlined verse 3, um, Jonah rose and to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So 2 and 3 I did. And then um, 7b, they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. I chose that because it was their solution to finding out who, th who was the problem. Uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. Put a question mark next to it. And that's a great observation. They cast lots. That's not something we would do in our society or our culture. Oh, like a Ouija board? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is a great question, and I can explain it next week. But until then, you should keep asking really good questions. <laughs> and please write it down so I don't forget to answer it. <laughs> yeah. So, so try uh, think about questions you could ask um, that aren't just why. Like, when did it start? Who does it? You know, things like that. And maybe that'll start to lead you to, okay, I'm learning something more about this. Because they cast lots and they got the right answer. Yeah, that's what me out. So how do we explain that? <laughs> Don't worry, just keep asking questions. We'll get to the answers in time. This is just the really fun question-asking time. Um, I, I know, I want you so bad. Yes, 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 big zoomed out. Yes, yes. Yeah, if you were to concentrate it to just this one thing, what is it? Mm-hmm. Yes. And What's the solution? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, just a couple. And then I did the last verse. I did verse 17, that, that God appointed a fish to swallow him. Uh, because that takes us into our main purpose for chapter 2. What's the matter? 
<laughs> Hang in there, honey. Let's do. Let's go to something a little easier, shall we? Do you have a question? Oh, we're not there yet. We're on what? Oh. You know what? We're gonna let's 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 do where first, okay? Yeah, you're. It's okay. It's a learning experience. We're learning together. Well, I asked you if you guys had any questions, and and no one said anything. So I assumed that you were okay. Do you guys have questions? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I circled every single pronoun, every reference to the Lord, every name, um, e- even even titles like Captain, Sleeper, Hebrew. Uh, those are all things that I circled. Good job. Okay, we're going to do where now, because where really is much easier. Okay, so with where, we're going to do little triangles. Whatever color you decide, just do a little triangle. I'm doing blue. You're going to put it over a where item, but I'm going to explain it. So with where, we are looking for either a geographical location, such as in verse 2, our first one is going to be Nineveh. That's a location. That's a city name. Um, but it can also be a reference to a place. So it says that great city. So I'm going to put a triangle over city because that tells me what Nineveh is. It's not a village. It's a city. Um, And we are also going to um, observe references um, even more so. So where it says he went down to... um, uh, we're, we're going to observe that. So he went down. And Joppa as well. Okay, so go ahead through. Tarshish. Sorry, I skipped Tarshish. But go ahead through now and get names of places, familiar locations, um, references, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so if you're questioning, like, oh, is this one? You can just ask the question, where did it happen? And if that thing you're considering whether or not it is, if it can answer the question, wait, where did it happen? Then it is. Exactly, because I just was a, <laughs> that was in the ship, and I went, where was it? It was in the ship. So that's a location. Yes, on the sea. Where, where was the mighty tempest? It was on the sea. Into the sea? Yep, where did, it, where did it go? It went into the sea. Yeah, so if it answers that question, that's how you know. Where did Jonah go? So when you're ready, we're going to do when... And when we're going to put parentheses or brackets around the phrasing, because we don't just want to acknowledge the word that alludes to time or sequence, but we want to catch what it's referring to. Okay, so for example, the very first verse, now. When did the word come? The word came now. So we're going to put a bracket around now, the word of the Lord came. So that way I know what's coming when. It's the word of the Lord is coming right now. 
Okay, so you're looking for references to time, such as now, before, after, during, then, next, things that point to a sequence. Any passage of time, if it says how long something has occurred for? The present. <laughs> close, very, very close, yeah. <laughs> All right, how'd you do? Did you get a couple? There's not as many as who's or even what or when's. I mean, when they're all with W's. Gosh dang it. What is it? It's a where. Sorry, I just, I'm looking at my blue triangles going, what's it called? Okay, so what did you get for when? Sorry, let's just jump into it. <coughs> we did the first one together. Now the word of the Lord came. Where? Technically, actually, that's a location. To like, to stand before the Lord. It came before him. Typically, it's a passage of time, but in that instance, it's a location. Um, not a passage of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, verse 5, then the mariners were afraid. Um, mm-hmm. Then they said, verse 8, verse 10, then the men were exceedingly afraid. Verse 11, then they said, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I question that too. It can be used as a passage of time. It is also like an if-then. It's a conditional statement. Like, if you pick me up and put me in, then the sea will do it. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. If you do this, then this will happen. Yeah, so it's a conditional statement. Yeah, that, that is a good one. That's a good one to ask a question about, for sure. Anyone get anything else? Oh, and verse 14. <coughs> Therefore is a purposeful statement. Um, it's a, like a resulting or for what purpose. So it is something to observe. It's just not a when statement. Mm -hmm. um, another one is in 16. Then the men feared. And then the last one, who got it? Yeah? That's right. Passage of time, three days and three nights in verse 17. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So I'm going to ask you to observe one more thing specifically. So if you want to grab like a yellow or an orange, I'm going to borrow your orange and give it back to you. Um, I want you to observe questions. So everywhere where there is a question being asked, I want you to highlight it.
yeah, yeah. You can underline, highlight. Yeah. <clears throat> You're looking for questions. <laughs> so it's it's interesting to a no ball wait. Just look for the questions. Questions asked in the text. So where there's a question mark. Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Oh, it is totally okay. The more questions, the better. Tell me some of the questions you found. <coughs> Good. Verse 6. What do you mean, you sleeper? Yep. Verse 11. What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? Of what people are you? They got a lot of questions. They're like, give me answers, man. We're about to die because of you. So that's even something that you would observe, is in what scenarios do you ask multiple questions in a row? Typically one where there's a stressful situation, something pressing, something urgent, something exciting, something emotional perhaps, but there's typically something happening that you would be prompted to ask several questions in a row, right? So that helps us paint a better picture when we recognize, okay, and, and who is it that's saying all this? They. So multiple people. So maybe it's not one person. Maybe it's they're all surrounding him, and there's just so many questions. Yes. Yeah. So, so it does. It begins to point to emotion. There's some sort of emotion here. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm, what verse? Oh, verse 10. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good observation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it could, they, they could be yelling that question at him. Right, that's right. What have you done? I'm going to get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay, so any, quest any questions? <laughs> like, do you guys have any questions so far about our who, what, where, when, and questions? Does that make sense so far? 
Is anything jumping out at you as we're, as we're going through it, as you're observing things? Is there anything that's catching your attention? It doesn't have to be. I just thought I'd ask. Okay. So let me ask you guys. We have 20 minutes left. We can do one of three things. We can conclude, um, and you can go home, and you can get out early if you would like. Um, we could begin chapter two, or I could, the thing that was on here last about resources, I could explain to you a little bit of information about resources. Um, that is pending what you would like to do next week. So uh, would you guys like to go chapter by chapter each week, and next week we can focus on chapter two, and then the week after, you know, maybe we'll get through chapter two and three because it's front and back real easy. Um, or maybe, you know, each week we'll focus on a chapter kind of deal. Or do you want to do some of this at home? Do you want to enjoy it and just take your time for the next week, little by little, and come back with it? Oh, you absolutely can. But it, it helps me prepare of, should I anticipate to spend an hour and a half doing um, some observation with you guys? Or should I bring some more things with me? Um, so what would you prefer? What do you like to do? Do you like doing this together? Okay. Okay. You guys good with that? If we just do chapter by chapter? Okay. That would be good. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I gave you coloring pages. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay, well, what do you say we d we'll conclude there? Mm -hmm. And it'll give you some time to think about all that. You guys asked some really great questions that I'm sorry I can't answer right now. I can't wait to answer them. Um, and so we're not going to go into the why then, right? Nope. We're probably going to spend probably the next two weeks then on just observation. So we're just going to sit here for a little while, not tonight, you know, we're just going to sit in this place of observation for a little bit and just go bit by bit observing the text and then we will come to the place where we begin to interpret. I know. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And it's especially useful when you get to Paul's missionary journeys because they go to so many places, and it really helps to paint the picture. Like, I don't know if your Bible has any maps in it where you can yeah. begin to see. Yeah, it really helps then when you're like, okay, they went from this location to this location. And when you look out on a map, you're like, well, of course it makes sense. Like, when you see the map, you're like, that's the route I would pick too, <laughs> you know? But when you're reading it, you're just like, I don't know. But it's just like how we would say, okay, I'm going to go Dubois, Sykesville, Punxsy, Indiana, uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, okay, that, those are the succession of, of towns you would hit on your way to blah, blah, blah. Um, but if you said, okay, uh, we're going to hit Punxsy, Sykesville, Big Run, you'd be like, wait a minute. How, how are you going to get to Sykesville without hitting Big Run first or, or what have you?
So, yeah. Um, okay, well, I will pray, and we'll get out of here and go home, okay? Jesus, thank you so much um, for speaking to us. Thank you for opening your word and beginning to uh, stir up questions in us to understand the message you put in this book for us. God, thank you that it is a journey to uncover it, and I thank you that your word tells us that you hide things for a purpose, um, that it is the glory of God to hide a matter, but it's the glory of kings to seek it out. And I thank you that there is joy in the journey of seeking out what you have tucked away in the text for us to find. I thank you that it's not an impossible um, journey to discover. I thank you that it's very feasible, that it's just looking over it a little bit longer, um, just staying with it, lingering just a little bit. And even those moments where we linger just a bit longer, we begin to find beautiful treasure. And so we thank you that you are faithful to reveal yourself. You are faithful to, to give us understanding. And so I do pray anywhere where we have more questions than we have answers, um, we put those questions at your feet, Jesus, tonight. And we trust you to bring um, an answer, a conclusion, a resolution, a revelation in your timing. And we thank you so much, Lord. Um, please bless these wonderful souls as they go. Keep them safe and bless them. In Jesus' name, amen.